You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I am Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today, we have a man of many talents, author, songwriter, musician, James Morris comes to the show. Thanks so much for being with us, James. Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you and I think we're going to have one hell of a good time today. In fact, first in our retro roundtable, uh, you know, the past, I don't know, what few months we've been looking back into pop culture history for our topics but um, And as deep of a, of a well as that is, or as lucrative <laughs> yeah. as a well as that is, we're going to be going back to it. But with Infinity War out, we've got to talk about the first ten years of uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. That we do. So much goodness in there and uh, building up to what we have now. We're also talking about uh, doing an Avengers Infinity War review, but we're going to be doing that in a separate episode. It's probably going to release the same day, I would imagine, if not earlier than this one. So uh, be sure to check that out as well. But yeah, uh, Retro Roundtables, the first 10 years of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then in the uh, Comic Vault, what do we have, gentlemen? We've got a little webcomic series called Moonbeard. <laughs> Don't worry, the title has nothing to do with the content. Fair enough. That's how mine is, too. It's well, called... I was going to read it, and then yeah. you had to tell me that there's no correlation. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no actual beard on a moon. Maybe hidden deep in there somewhere. There's a more oh, literal okay. sort of angle. <laughs> oh, you, Jack? Mine's called three-word phrase, but there is many more words in <laughs> comics. There's so. more than three phrases. Yeah. I gotcha, gotcha. Okay, a few things we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to James and talk about the many projects he's got going on. So many. Can't wait to talk about. But before we do all that, Jake. You guys should probably check us out on all of our social networking outlets, such as Twitter, where we are at CannedAirPod and Instagram, where we're at Canned underscore Air. There you'll find news and jokes and fun images and things I've trawled from the depths of the internet. All for you. I do this for you. Please validate my effort. Retweet our things. Listen to our episodes. Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, if you like what we do, head on over to Patreon. Throw a couple of bucks a month our way. It goes much further than you'd expect. Hit that $5 or more mark and you have access to the Patreon-only Founders Club podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a new one that just uh, came out. So uh, Quality stuff. Makes six episodes now. You're getting stuff in those episodes you don't get here. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the title of the, the last one, I mean, says it all. Wouldn't we call it Burt Ward's Cock? Yeah, yeah that's what it's that called. Was, and that really sums it up. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Man, you got to listen to that one. <laughs> but uh, another thing, uh, Candare, we're going to be doing our first live show. Uh, when is that? May, May 12th. 12th at the uh, the Garden Theater right here in Columbus, Ohio. So uh, be sure to come support us. Check us out. Go to uh, ColumbusPodcastFestival.com. I think they're also needing volunteers for the event. So if you're that in the Columbus are. area need and need, uh, be interested in volunteering, get a hold of them uh, on their website there, and uh, I'm sure they'll send you some info. And with all that behind us, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Engage. Oh, we're back. 
<laughs> Shut up! Shut up! All right, guys. The first ten years of Marvel. Where do we start? Um, James, what, what was one of your favorite uh, Marvel movies leading up to Infinity War? Oh, man. Um, I've seen them all, so I'll start with that. Uh, I think my three favorites, though, have got to be, in no particular order, uh, Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, and Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Uh oh, it's kind of a weird collection, I know. No, and not at all. I mean, I... I I'm no, sorry, go, go ahead. No, please. I was going to say, I totally agree with uh, everything you're saying. I mean, the Guardians, though, I, I was more favored toward the second than the first yep. one. I, I love them both. I just personally... I think I might have liked the soundtrack of the first one more, and that's what's biasing me. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Understandable, yep. yeah, Absolutely. That was one uh, great thing about the Guardians of the Galaxy is um, we've talked about soundtrack, movie soundtracks before, and how, you know, back in the 90s, it seemed like every single movie that came out had a soundtrack of not only, you know, orchestral music, you know, background music, but also, you know, a bunch of like bands putting yeah, songs or artists that were either in it yeah. or inspired by. And uh, that seems to have kind of gone to the wayside. I know some movies still do it, but um, I think that's why Guardians was so refreshing to yeah, me. The, the fact that it that stands back. out to us yep. kind of says Not only something. did it give you a soundtrack, what a damn good one. Mm-hmm. In both times, you know? And to build it into the yeah. story in a really tangible way. Instead yeah. of there just being music, you kind right. of get how it ties. I don't know. It, just, it, was a, it was a masterful play. Sure. No, I get it. I think they handled it very well. And... Um, Soundtracks are awesome, but they do have their place. Like, could you imagine if they tried to put a soundtrack to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings or the new Star Wars trilogy? That would just Mm. kind of really pull me out of it if you're just going with these epic stories and all of a sudden pop music. (laughs) I think what really ruined it, too, and I could be wrong about this, but the last big one I remember seeing was for the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. And that soundtrack, I think, main song is like, uh, what was that crappy Nickelback song? Need a hero to save us. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is like listening to fucking Batman Forever soundtrack or something. It it was so bad. (laughs) Well, that's like all Linkin Park you hear anymore is all Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't realize they put their music over Transformers. Yeah, like the last, I want to say around three three movies or so. Really? They are the official band of indecipherable CG messages. Yeah. (laughs) Katamari of (laughs) robot parts flipping around you. It's hard to tell what you're even looking at sometimes, isn't it? You can save a lot of money by smashing your eyes into a pile of brake fluid and spark plugs. (laughs) There you go. Pretty much gets you the same effect. <laughs> but there's not enough explosions. So uh, right. if, if only they on toned it up. First. That and robots diving all over the place and doing <laughs> somersaults for no reason. He needs a stern talking to that Michael Bay. Look, all robots need exercise. You don't want them to get fat. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what about you? Favorite Marvel's movies? Ant-Man. Really? Yeah, I, I really dug that one. I, may, I might... Be a Paul Rudd bias. I do like Paul Rudd. Enjoy the hell out of him. Oh, I don't know. Probably the first Iron Man and maybe the second Captain America. First Iron Man, second Captain America. Ooh, yeah, Winter Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Winter Soldier. I couldn't remember. That was a solid choice. That was a great film. And so was Civil War, but I definitely dig uh, Winter Soldier more than Civil Mm -hmm. War. Yeah. I think it's the the Hail Hydra part that sticks with you. 
Yeah, uh, the, it's the just the whole Shadow a, Nation, you yeah. know, concept. It's such an action-packed movie. It just reminds me of like an old-school action thriller. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's so funny. Speaking of old-school action thrillers, uh, I the other day went and rented uh, the old Van Damme movie, Sudden Death. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember that movie where Is he that, gets? No, that was when he was twins, huh? He's he's like a fire marshal on duty at a. Uh, <laughs> at a hockey arena when it gets taken oh, over that's right. yeah, by terrorists yeah, yeah. and he has to take him down. And the most likely of scenarios. It's funny how uh, you know fond memories, nostalgia can build something up into something grander than it is because that rewatch was rough, man. I want to say there's a Civic Arena up in Pittsburgh. It could have been. Uh, you remember the dude who was like who played the, the head of Hydra that was like helping Hive get back on Agent of Shield. The Gary old, Shandling? No, he was the old dude in. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who died after he sacrificed his daughter to the hive mine. I can't I remember, I remember, but he was the main bad guy in it. But anyway, the, that movie opened up with, it showed him like as a firefighter, Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's supposed to be like a precursor to whatever is about to happen in this movie. Like whatever happened here is going to affect him then. And it shows him trying to save a little girl in a burning building. He, he dives and grabs her and holds her in his arms and is screaming for someone to come help them. Just as the firefighters approach them, the whole ceiling collapses on him and they uncover him. He looks down and the little girl is dead. Just staring <laughs> straight up and you're like, holy shit. You know, that's, that's a sight to see. But then it never comes up in the movie again. There's never any mention of like, oh man, this girl died on my watch or there's no like evidence that it's troubling him. I was like, by the end of it, it's like, why did we need that scene? Like, other than, I'm sorry, that was a tangent. We needed to make you feel bad for just a few minutes. Yeah, well, they did a hell of a good Gotta job because I did that but, emotion quota. But they never came full circle. I felt let down. But I guess that's what I should expect when I'm going back to those '90s Van Damme <laughs> yeah. movies, right? You really, you really. We're hoping for too much out of it. I Go watch I Kickboxer. So. You'll feel better. <laughs> oh, Kickboxer. <laughs> and Lionheart. Was that the other one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lionheart! <laughs> Jake, favorite Marvel movie? This one feels like kind of a cop-out, but I think, if not for the quality of the movie itself, but like the feeling I got watching it, the first Avengers. Because A, mm. I saw it on my birthday, which was like a huge thing. You know, hanging out with everybody. I had all my friends there. It was a nice time. B, like how incredible it was that it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this thing that Avengers is always on the horizon. You know, this one, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, it's like that thing you count down to. But this was the first Avengers. Right. And this was like a cinematic miracle. I just remember thinking to myself, like, we live in a time where this is possible. You mm-hmm. know, that this subject matter and this style of movie making can culminate in this big movie. Now it's, I don't know, now it's the standard, you know, the status quo, it feels a little less special, but there was a time when that really blew my mind, but if I had to pick one out of the... Are you saying it's not still blowing your mind that they're able to create this whole 10, 11-year-long tied-together universe where everyone's impacting each other? It's impressive from a storytelling. I just... It tires a person out, I think. Maybe just me personally. I, I just think after a while you, you get fatigued and it's it's hard to stay invested in what is essentially the same storyline for 10 years. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's the same. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. We've mm-hmm. talked about the Marvel fatigue before and it comes in waves. And I'm over my wave, man. This last movie just 
put me right back in that Marvel mood. <laughs> I came home like desperate to watch more. I watched Doctor Strange last night. I watched Age of Ultron the other day. Um, I've been all about them lately because of Infinity War because it was so good. And Black Panther and Ragnarok were all really... Everything's been pretty solid for a while. Ragnarok really caught me by surprise. I wasn't yeah. expecting much and I, no. was, I was pleased. Yeah, for sure. It was a definitely a good film. I think my favorites have been the Guardian movies, though, yeah. by yeah. far. I mean... I just am on cloud nine when I'm watching those <laughs> movies. They just can anything can happen. They're just great films, and I think maybe it's because they're the I have the less the least knowledge about the Guardians from the comics. Mm. You know, everything else I know I've read in the past before they were movies, sure. so I can be like extra critical of them, <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't be, but I, I am just in my own head. That I don't really have a lot of source material. The Guardians over the years have changed. There've been so many uh, yeah. characters as the Guardians, so. To latch on to those few characters, you know, I, I don't know really much about them other than what the movies show me. So maybe that's where that farm is coming from. And, you from. know, I was thinking the other day is, on paper, the Guardians lineup is kind of unconventional. I mean, we've got a talking raccoon with a fondness for firearms. you got a tree person that can only speak his own name like some kind of Pokemon. And everyone's <laughs> totally cool with that. You know what I mean? No one gives a shit like, oh, yeah, yeah, but he's a raccoon. Like, yeah, that's that's Rocket Raccoon. You know, like, everyone's hyped about it. And it's it's really, I think, a testament to just how much those movies work. You know, that you don't pick it apart. You're like, yes, this rules start to when finish. When I first saw the trailer, I picked it apart. Like, the <laughs> yeah. first one. I was like, are they honestly trying to sell a talking raccoon? What are <laughs> they thinking? Like, this was my thought. And then sure. after I saw it, I was just sold. I was Dude. like, I couldn't get enough of it. I loved it because I had been reading the viewing. comics up to it. So I was like, oh my god, that's exact, that's exact, that's exact. I, I just, I don't know. Before I watched the movie, I could not roll with a little talking raccoon. <laughs> and now there's a toy one on the shelf behind yeah. me. So how you like that shit? <laughs> the times, they are a-changing. All right, well, we're back around to James. James, what has been your least favorite Marvel movie? Civil War. I, I just could not get into that one, and I I don't know. It just it wasn't for me. I can relate to that a little bit. Um, did, did you read the comic when it came out like, back I, in the day? I will admit that the only American comic I've read is Hellboy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I... I Fully coming from the movie perspective and from everyone I get to talk to at these conventions, whatever they feed me knowledge wise. It just was so far away from the comic book that, you it know, was, yeah, uh, beside, beyond the title, there was really almost nothing well, to do with it. Other than they were just fighting each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I tell you, what, I really like Daniel Brule. And I thought even if the character wasn't super fleshed out, he's always fun to watch that and for the introduction of Black Panther. Because as soon as we saw Black Panther like on the hunt, I was like, "That movie's gonna fucking rule." Oh, and yeah. sure enough, you it know. did. Yeah. What I know, uh, at least what I've been told regarding comics, is that uh, Civil War wasn't it like really huge with the X Men's involvement and Peter Parker's swapping sides and death played a major role, but they only just got him for the cinematic at that time, and it was really a uh, sort of end story for universe before they had to reboot or am i totally missing Ooh, um it was at least another year or two after civil war that they before i think a reboot came along because it was uh, at least a year after 
Civil War had happened, that Cap had been taken into custody and he, he was being held, I think, by S.H.I.E.L.D. And it, he was going on trial. And as he was walking up the court steps, you know, being escorted by authorities, someone sniped and killed him. Uh, the death of Captain America came that following summer. And that, you know, was just like Civil War or something that affected all of the different uh, the Splinter stories. But then there was the whole thing of who's going to carry the mantle now. And eventually it was the Falcon yeah. took it on. And I think is still in that newer end of the universe considered Captain America. Am I right? I have no idea. Last I remember hearing was Cap was uh, agent of she- or Hydra. But they, that was well. That I think that was like a special. Yeah, that was like a secret agent something or other. I've got that somewhere around here, but um, they changed so much. They have Battle World. <laughs> then I hear they're rebooting yeah, everything, yeah. and now yeah. the Fantastic Four is coming back, and which I'm not upset about. I'd sure. love to read some new Fantastic. Yeah, Four, I'm curious about that one. Mm-hmm. All right, Jack, least favorite. Thor two. That's a oh, solid choice. That was <laughs> dull, dude. Such a cool villain. That yeah, yeah. Some like really nice visual elements with those kind of expressionless, vacant eyes on the dark uh, elves, like, like dolls. That was cool oh, as hell, yeah. but it's just really underutilized. I don't even remember what they looked like. I, I mean, I saw it once in theaters. Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was out. I do think that um, for Thor two, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I think they underutilized a lot of their actors. But it was a, a fun story overall. Like, my brother and I still get a chuckle out of him trying to summon his hammer across the realms. Oh, yeah, and it was going through all the different portals, so it was going everywhere, pretty much. Yep, and the hammer's just all over with him. Yeah. It, now, you remember Jake and Road to Civil War when uh, Thor did the same thing? Like, he had called the hammer, or the hammer was traveling through realms. And oh, yeah. Doom, Dr. Doom was in hell, and he saw as the hammer passed through hell, he grabbed it. He's breaking the sound barrier up there. Yeah, and he yeah. Fought, took it back into <laughs> our reality. Boy, that's a hell of an entrance. <laughs> that was such a good book. Yeah. I, I always go back to that book. I love that book. If only for, like, the conversation with Tony Stark and. Mr. Oh, Fantastic, yeah. and just just the logic behind their whole oh god, it's good. It's yeah. one of those things that it's it's rare that you get a story that precedes or proceeds something that just enhances what it's building on. Right. And that one really just set the context in this awesome way. So. Agreeing, but you know there was something I liked about the Dark World, not the movie itself, but some of the some of the writing elements. Like they're talking about the Dark Elves, and there's this scene. Where their leader was in Malekith. Malekith Ma- yeah. yeah, yeah. He's there with his his lieutenant. And they're on, I guess, their homeworld, Svartalfheim or some such. And he's just kind of observing the state of things. And he looks up at the sun and he says, I can no longer remember a time before the light. And I'm like, ah, that's interesting. You know, there's this idea that they're a nocturnal species. They're the dark elves, sure. And in our mind, dark is evil. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're solar-powered. We operate during the day. The night is scary. If you just think of that dynamic as being reversed for a, a civilization that thrives in the darkness as opposed to the light, yeah, the whole world's turning against them here. So they've got this embattled sort of, like, their spirit is broken because they're the enemy. They've had that mantle kind of thrust mm. upon them. And, yeah, they're assholes, but do they have any less of a right to exist? I don't know. It brings up some questions that obviously the movie didn't go into, but I just thought it was it was an interesting little thought experiment. You know, like, what's the Dark Elf point of view? It would seem I need to watch this movie again. Yeah, Maybe read the plot synopsis on Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, 
That was your pick, right? Jake's, what's yeah. what's oh. your um, favorite, Jake? Honestly, the first Thor did less for me than the second one. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. The first two Thor, I was going to say, are my, my least favorites. I mean, they're hard to get through for me, but why the first over the second? I think in the first Thor, the humor fell really, really flat. I remember there being all these moments that should have been funny and just thinking, I don't know. It's just that old, same old, like, person out of their element. You Fish know? out of water. Fish yeah. out of water. Yeah, exactly. By that point, I just wasn't feeling it. I don't no. know. I guess maybe it was just like the first Iron Man was such a home run for me. And then I liked the Hulk that came afterward. And then Thor happened. I was like, yeah, this is going to be sweet. And I was like, yeah. Not to mention Kat Denning was in it. I Dude, mean, is she's easy on the eyes, but race. that's about all she is. <laughs> yeah. She cannot act. She was a bummer. Can't believe she even got in that film, really. And then she's back in the second one, and what other appearance? Well, she's around. Either way, she sucks, and the movies aren't that great. But the Thor character really comes alive in other movies. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. though. Avengers and onward, he's great. He's a great addition to the cast. They've really, in the last, you know, with Thor Ragnarok, and then everything he's been in since, or maybe even before, they've they've dialed into what. Thor should be yeah. on the screen. You know, they were really just going for that like medieval yeah. Asgardian feel, taking itself a little too seriously, maybe. Exactly. There's like this brash, impetuous thing with Thor. You know, right. that's his whole angle. He's the smash first, ask questions later guy. And there's so much comedic potential there, and they've only just started to really hit it on the head, like you said. Where before they were too caught up in him being a god. You know? Right. Which, you know, with Ragnarok coming and them introducing the 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 rock and roll music, all yeah, the hi-fi, yeah. neon colors and shit, um, I think really was necessary for then in Infinity War, which I'm not going to get into any details of this, but just mention uh, Rocket and or yeah. Thor being with the Guardians of the right. Galaxy in that one scene. That's in the trailer. I didn't spoil anything to people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> but uh, lended well to that. Because like, when we talked about uh, Civil War back in the day in Ant-Man... Uh, you know, that being a Captain America movie, Captain America movies carried a much more, not adult, but more serious tone, yeah. more action-packed tone. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more like, what are the implications here in the real world? Right. And then when you brought smart-ass Scott Lang from <laughs> his movie, which carries a whole different tone, mm-hmm. it was hard for that tone to stand up on its own within yeah. Captain America movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're taking everything serious up to a point and now he's great big on a tarmac going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know all of a sudden you're supposed to be laughing and it just didn't mesh too well for me that was another downfall to Civil War if you ask me yeah I'm with you that was a high point for me Giant Man I mean it was <laughs> cool but just the fact that the, <laughs> the fact that he, jokes were happening and stuff yeah. when they probably should I don't know what else we talk about guys how much time we got here we have a little bit more what else can we say about these movies past 10 years of Marvel I mean, it's just incredible to see the characters we've always read be on the silver screen anyway. Yeah, but. and it's a pretty wild exercise in patience, you know? I can imagine thinking, like, all right, how are we going to print money? I've got it. Comic book movies. And wanting to rush all that shit out the door. Mm-hmm. But Comic book movies weren't even really, like, that big until Iron Man blew them up in 2008. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man, I think, was about the biggest. Right. There was Spider-Man X-Men. and the... You know, X Men trilogy and a couple others, but nothing even remotely like what it is now. 
I yeah, mean, they were just like passing summer blockbusters. Properties for film, for TV, for video games. It's how can we turn this comic book that someone may or may not have heard of into this property that's going to make us so much. It's just an arms race to buy up this media that's already existing and got a fan base to a point. I think that's an incredible shift. And with Marvel, uh, the cinematic universe, for me, it's not really a question of when are people going to get tired of Marvel, but when is the comic book movie bubble gonna gonna burst because you guys you talked earlier about sort of marvel fatigue right mm-hmm. uh, i think it's you know my friends and i were talking about is dc gonna try and jump in right as soon as you know avengers 4 is over and basically the marvel cinematic universe concludes and then i got to thinking are people gonna even want comic book movies anymore because, it, like you said, it's 11 years of it at that point. It, right. it is kind of exhausting. And even I find myself going, all right, so where's the original scripts? I don't know. I mean, I, I think they, it seems like Marvel at least, DC is not on the right page of anything they're know. doing, but it seems like Marvel might be even uh, kind of taking that into account, you know, starting this whole new uh, chapter, I guess, past Infinity War, up with Captain Marvel, you know, Ant Man and Wasp, and uh, whatever else is to be coming out. I don't know. I think they'll keep it interesting. I think you know, with these these other characters, you know, this first ten years really catered to like old school comic fans. Um, I guess I consider myself kind of in that genre, mm-hmm, sure. the the original characters that everyone knows and loves. But some of these movies are going to start. It looks like focusing on a lot newer characters. Yeah. You know, the newer Captain Marvel. Uh, what was her name? Carol. Carol Danvers. Can yeah, thank you. Um, and I man, I feel like there was another one. Did I hear rumors of Miles Morales probably having a Spider Man? Yeah, they, they talked about doing a Spider Man with him. Um, but I don't, I don't really recall what sort of stories, because Homecoming, I thought, was still supposed to be about Peter. Um, but I think they said they wanted to do something with Miles. They kind of referenced yeah. him a little bit in the in that movie, because the when Spider-Man, uh, what's his name, Downing, D- Donald Glover, his character oh, in the yeah. movie when he yeah. stuck his hand to the car. His character is actually the uncle of Miles Morales, and he was actually a villain, too. Really? So he said something about his, his nephew or something, blah, blah, blah. I don't know enough about him to know. I never picked up on that. Yeah, it, it went over my head. I read about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're probably going to start getting more adventurous with the uh, the format, even the, the content of these movies, kind of like what we saw with Ragnarok where it really doesn't take it down that traditional comic book movie road. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's got the big conclusion and all the kind of hallmarks of a Marvel movie, but the meat of the movie is is really less the, you know, everything you would come to expect from, like, a Captain America, an Iron Man, where everything's so laser-beam-focused. It's got more of a misadventures of Thor kind of feel. And I think we might start to see more of that, especially if people continue to get worn out on the formula. We're going to see... You know, maybe smaller names with a different idea utilizing these IPs. And, and I think if they're smart about it, they could bring in some really interesting stuff in the near future. 
Yeah, I, I just think it's going to get to a point where, you know, when they start doing these newer characters that I didn't grow up with, I'm going to start having less interest in all of it, where, you know, oh, the, sure. the next generation that, that are, you know, that grew up or are still growing up with some of these newer characters will be like, okay, now they're doing stuff I'm into. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Torch passing, kind of, if you will, but... yeah. I mean, they're printing money. I don't. It doesn't look like <laughs> they're, they're going to be okay. stopping anytime soon. What I would love to see down the road is them to get their rights to the Fantastic Four and X Men back, and then That'd be cool. them do yeah. their own takes on it. I Bring feel the like, family home. Bring them yeah, all together. I feel like it's got to happen. I mean, yeah. can you imagine? I mean, as awesome as Infinity War was, what if they had all these other characters be great. to throw in that movie as well? What How if much? Deadpool showed up in some of them? No, that I wouldn't be caring about. <laughs> no. I like you Deadpool. Keep him quarantined. Yeah, I like keep him Deadpool. In his own movies. In, uh, his movies are awesome, but keep him there. Yep. You know, you're not a main story kind of guy. No. <laughs> I just wish he got his Hugh Jackman cameo that he wanted. Oh, was he supposed to like Hugh Jackman cameo in the Deadpool movie? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds basically begged Hugh, so far as I know, to. Uh, do a cameo of some sort because it was a major goal of his to have the both of them on screen as Deadpool and Wolverine at some point. But then with Logan and his uh, retirement from the character, that seems to be uh, no more. Yeah. And I feel like I even heard rumors that Hugh Jackman had had alluded that he could possibly play him again in the future, even. There was a promo I saw somewhere. I don't know if it was like a movie poster that Hugh was up in, in the front and Deadpool was like laying on a bed in the background. <laughs> oh, it was just recent. Oh, it was, yeah, it was a video, wasn't it? Was where, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I forget. Like a preview, like a promo for the movie or something like Someone that. Someone showed it quick. to me and I couldn't hear it. I just remember seeing it and I was like, what are they, what are they doing together? You know, like, what's, what's happening here? <laughs> I don't know, he sure brings him up a lot in all his trailers <laughs> yeah. and movies. But Name rhymes with Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that'll do it for uh, talking the MCU first 10 years. Yeah, what a good 10 it. years it's been. Yep, I'm sure that we'll uh, be dipping back into this. Yeah, well. for all the complaints and nitpicks, still pretty awesome that this mm-hmm. is happening. You know one thing it's hard to complain about, though? T-shirts. Quality apparel. That's the truth. Gotta wear one every day. You do. So why not get it? Legally, you really should be wearing it. (laughs) So why not get it from Candare, right? Wear that Candare t-shirt. Show people who you listen to. Why not? Be a walking advertisement for us. We can't legally tell you it'll make you immortal, but we can imply it strongly. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you believe us or not. You can be as cool as the Avengers. Yeah, head over to society6.com forward slash Candare pod. Tasty t-shirts, mugs, clocks. Final decals. Final decals. Always forget the decals. Yeah. Toilet rugs. Perfect. Toilet rugs? Yeah, there's bath mats. Bathroom. Is mats, that what you yeah. said the first time was toilet yeah. rugs? That was my nickname. So are bath mats and toilet rugs the same thing, or do I need to go to the store, like, now? <laughs> you have to answer that one. I'm not sure. i just seen the names. <laughs> <laughs> toilet rug. Just, like, logo on this one, this one, this one, this I one. I love how of all the product, you're like... Toilet rugs, what we need to go with. <laughs> Look, let's put our best foot forward on this one. While you're on the throne, you'll see our name. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Most of our listening base is probably on the toilet most of the time, right? That's yeah. a fair bet. With the In the thumb. car, on the toilet, cooking meth. <laughs> Maybe all three. I mean, <laughs> society6.com forward slash candarebod. Go get some of that much. All right. And with that, let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Who would like to go first? I'm not going first. Nor will I. Well, then I'm going to go first. All right. Fuck y'all. How about that? (laughs) All right. So what I'm talking about this week, um, 
I'm not even really bringing a particular comic. I found one that I didn't have time to read, but I'm definitely going to because it happens in the universe of Atomic Robo, which we've talked about many times oh, on this yeah, show. And for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the main premise behind that? Nikolai Te- uh, Tesla made this robot, and the comic follows his adventures through time. Through this time, robot's yeah. adventures through time. And um, been a great run, but it looks like they're now expanding that universe with a comic called Real Science Adventures, which pretty much is uh, shining a light on the the, the like the side characters in the Atomic Robo comics. Right. So, you know, obviously, universe building. We're is, suckers for that kind of thing. I think most people are. It's yep. the way to go. And uh, now that they're doing that, that makes it even more attractive to me. And as I understand, they're bringing in different artists. To handle these scripts? I think so, yeah. So it cool. it, uh, it looked beautiful. We had some of the pages pulled up earlier, and it was like hard yeah. to uh, not sit there and stare at them. They were gorgeous. So I would recommend checking that out. I think if you just go to AtomicRobo.com, you can find it out, or just Google Real Science Adventures. But um, I found this on a website that I've been finding most of my webcomics on. It's a nice website called HiveWorksComics.com. Mm. And they've got tons of websites, or excuse me, tons of webcomics on there of quality. You know, I mean, how many webcomics have you looked through? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, like, moving hey, on. Yeah, hey, that's forever. a lot, yes. Yeah. They they are putting up quality comics. This is where, uh, well, no need for Bushudo. They're also on there. Mm, yeah, We've talked about them. I think they're Columbus locals too here, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, Edison Rex, the comic I brought a few weeks oh, ago. Yeah. Uh, what else? The awesome. um, <laughs> Oh, the one about the college that teaches the occult. I don't remember. Uh, Demon, Demon Studies. studies. Yeah, that was oh, also. So, I mean, those are those were three solid comics in themselves. So, um, I can't recommend it enough. If you like web comics, go to HiveWorksComics.com. Find them on Twitter at HiveWorks. Just, um, again, great read. You're, in, you're guaranteed a good comic going there. Awesome. That's all I got. So, uh, James, would you like to go next? Yeah, sure. Uh, what I'm reading and have been for a while is hosted on webtoons.com called uh, Tower of God. Oh man, it's a it's a while in there now, but it's this story of uh, this very literal tower that people are climbing to try and achieve whatever they want: power, greed, godhood. Uh, supposedly, all of it's up at the tower. Uh, the top of the tower and it's it's this really incredible story it hit a bit of a slump for a while there but i think it's finally pulling out of that so that's that's definitely worth a read and there's an app on your phone so you can do that while you listen to uh candare on the toilet oh wow listen to this guy <laughs> multitasking i like him that's what our listeners are known for <laughs> <laughs> i can read and shit at the same time <laughs> wow shit goes in shit comes down <laughs> what was that called again james tower of god tower of god why hmm. does that sound familiar it does sound familiar maybe someone's i don't i'm gonna write that on here because i want to check it out Tower of God. I feel like you could get Tower of God in like a really gnarly font tattooed somewhere on your body, and people would be like, "Oh, Tower of God, sick band." Yeah, yeah. I, saw I was just going to say, be a wicked ninety-six metal band <laughs> name. What's that? Nothing. I was adding to the joke. Wasn't funny. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very cool. Very cool. Tower of God. Uh, who would like to go I'll next? Go next, if you don't mind. Mine's a little quick, quickish, okay. shortish. Uh, 
looking at a webcomic series, goes by Moonbeard for no All reason right. that I am yet able to discern. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in this comic, and you will be, you can find the artist on Twitter at Squires. The word Squire, S E S E S. Okay. So I think he just pluralized it two or three times. And, uh, man, there was one comic in particular, one little panel, because it's a lot of one-offs and things, that drew me right in, and I was sold instantly. You've got this fellow shining a light under his house saying, here, kitty, come, kitty, kitty, please, where are you? Is this a real cat or just a random breakdown? This is, yes, he's looking for his cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's looking everywhere desperately for his cat. When this man in a trench coat approaches him from out of panel, and he says, your cat's not under there. He's probably miles away by now, but wherever he is, he'll never forget you. Ooh. And the guy in the trench coat leaves, and the dude's sitting there looking bewildered, cuts to the trench coat, pulls off a mask. It's the cat with tears running down his <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So it's a comedy. It's a comedy, very much so, yeah. And that's kind of the, the style of humor you can come to expect in this sort of thing. And it's it's wonderful. It only gets better. Than <laughs> so that. are they like they're strips rather yes. than like yeah, books? Very like, much I so. see. Yeah. You wouldn't call this an episodic sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. Those are fun, though. Oh, you absolutely. Love those quick punches. Dude, I'm, I'm powerless against that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Moonbeard. Moonbeard. All right. Jack, what you got? Mine is a comic strip type comic, also called <laughs> Three Word Phrase by a fella named Ryan Pe Pe Pequin. P-E-Q-U-I-N. I thought you were having Pe a uh, Jimmy moment. Yeah. Ryan Pe 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 <laughs> And it's got some uh, pretty dark humor. One of the one of the strips is uh, the Kool-Aid man pouring in his innards into a glass <laughs> with a little kid. And then the kid's sitting there drinking it going, mmm. And then it shows the uh, Kool-Aid band's face nice and up close, and he says, It's my blood. <laughs> <laughs> I am within you now. <laughs> there's a couple of, there's another good one, too. Oh, my stupid phone's not working right now. What a tortured life the Kool-Aid man would lead. <laughs> you know? I mean, you wouldn't be able to lay down to go to sleep, would you? I mean, how are you, how are you pulling off sleep? You'd have to sleep like a bird, draining yourself up. every time. Yeah. The next one's a uh, kid digging a hole. And this other kid comes walking up, and he's like, Hey, what are you digging there, uh, guy? Some kind of hole? And the kid says, Yeah. And the other kid says, What for? And the kid digging says, Murder hole. And the other kid says, What's a murder hole? And the kid says, Get in the murder hole. And then the next panel is just a covered up hole with the, the shovel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and that's the joke. Yeah. But I'm... Then I uh, got one more. Where's that? You guys find some fun shit, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a guy taking a shower. He drops a soap. Oh. He bends over saying, good thing I'm alone here. <laughs> then he slips and busts his face. And the, next, <laughs> the next two panels is him just laying there with crosses on his eyes with the shower just pouring on him. <laughs> blood running from his head. <laughs> it's my kind of guy. Good times. <laughs> How dare you. Three word phrase. Three word phrase. ThreeWordPhrase.com. Do you remember, Jake? You, you mentioned the How Dare You. That, yeah, that comes yeah. from a comic I had mentioned <laughs> on the Comic Vault a while back. Do you remember the name of that at all? No, I was I trying remember. to think of it because I ran Wasn't into it again one? today. No. No. Oh. 
No. Medicine Rex was the really serious, like the supervillain wins what happens. Oh, next that's right. Of, yeah, like the mental toll of the supervillain yeah. winning. But yeah. no, this was like the the little rabbit that just comes in. I'm with the Ronald Reagan. <laughs> like, look at me, guys. I'm motherfucking Ronald Reagan. <laughs> the dad's like, how dare you? And the last panel is just the rabbit getting its ass beat. Yeah. I staunch Republican father, I guess. <laughs> every time I'm looking for a new webcomic, that one, I swing by that one every time. I want to uh, find that and print it and frame it because <laughs> it was that funny of a comic to me. Like, it was that good. All right. Is that, I think that's everybody, that's right? That's it, yep. All yep. right. Very successful comic vault. And with that, let's turn our attention over to James and talk about, my God, the many of many things you have going on. James, thanks again for being with us today, man. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I hope so. I hope you're having a good time. Um, but uh, you've got to tell us about some of the stuff you have going on here. Uh, again, author, songwriter, and musician. Uh, I would, Let's start with writing. I've seen on your website at uh, jamesmorris.com you have some books up there, uh, Skybound, Water Tower, and Surface. Can you tell us about these? Yeah, absolutely. So they are a complete trilogy. It's the full story of this boy named Sam. And so in this story, it's set in future Earth where the world's been split up into these three kingdoms. One on the surface of the world like we are now, one in the sky above the clouds, one on the ocean floors. Oh, but life on the surface is a terrible place and no one should ever go there. So right away, that's where Sam's from, and he decides he needs to escape. So he goes to the Sky Nation looking for a better life, but is thrown into this, the middle of this ongoing civil war. So fighting for his life and trying to figure out how to survive in a basically new world, turns out he may be more important than anyone could have guessed. That sounds really... Now, these are these are novels or these graphic novels? These are prose novels. Um, I have very little artistic talent with drawing, so uh, that <laughs> was here. my barrier with graphic novels. I see. I see. They sound really cool. I mean, just looking, uh, I saw some pictures of yourself at a convention, and those look to be some girthy books. It looks yeah, like absolutely. you're in for a good read with those. Yeah, those are, they're a solid read. They're not uh, too difficult to get through, but uh, I, I've been told they're a great time. I don't think I have the perspective to comment on my own books otherwise. But yeah, they they were a lot of fun to write, and people seemed to love them. And I, you know, I fell in love with the characters as I was going. And starting this new series I'm working on is um, it's been really strange but exciting because I had to basically leave behind all of these characters and all of this world building that I'd done for. Uh, three to five years, whatever it was, and just start over from scratch. So it was exciting and also terrifying to do that. So what's this new project you're, uh, you're mentioning here? So uh, I can't say anything about a title yet, okay. but it, it is the shortest version is an interplanetary treasure hunt. That is the easiest way to put it right now. Okay. Uh, I'm still writing it, and I hope to get that to everyone as soon as I possibly can. So, you know, I, I'd love to get it by the end of 2018, but grad school's kicking my butt, so yeah. I need to <laughs> Q1 2019 uh, at the absolute latest. But it's it's an absolute blast, and I started it when I was uh, living in Ireland for a short while. So I've got... Uh, very Irish influences in with the work as well. So that's been really cool, taking these ideas 
that I got while I was there and formulating them into something uh, totally new in my own way with the way my imagination works. Sounds really cool. We'll have to check that out when, yeah, when it comes out. You have to let us know what that title is. Indeed. Um, I can do- <laughs> I'm sorry? I can do that. Awesome. Uh, I want to touch back, though, on these uh, the first trilogy here. I, I'm really kind of intrigued by the concept, you know, people surviving up above the clouds, like you said, on ground level and then below sure. the ground. What was uh, your inspiration for uh, writing like that or writing a story like that? Um, so it's kind of a mix of things. For the one part, I've always loved planes, and I know that sounds kind of weird in its own degree, but I've had the mentality of whenever you're on a flight, that is basically your only free time in the world because you are getting somewhere as fast as you possibly can and you're not doing anything. So it's, you know, one, two, six, 14, whatever amount of time you're in the air, that is free time to do whatever you want with your life. And it's it's kind of liberating in its own way instead of just sitting there going, I hope this kid doesn't cry. <laughs> uh, so... I've loved I've loved being up in the sky like that, and so I took that sort of feeling of um, I guess freedom in a way and lightheartedness, and I took that and wanted to instill that in a story. And I came up with this idea of what if these three basically eternal kings were in charge of the three kingdoms, and so these nations would take after their ruler's personality bit by bit. So it's not really a class separation, it's a cultural separation. And because of this and because of their rulers, the split kind of is that the surface is this really industrial type place, the sky is really kind of jovial and the the underwater is really kind of introspective and inventive and more reserved. It sounds like the sky, though, is where everyone wants to be. <laughs> sure. Um, at least this one guy sure does. At least Sam wants to go there because it seems a lot easier, especially when there's, uh, you know, basically freighters shipping between the sky and surface. Uh, it seems easier than going, well, how am I going to get to the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> this is true. Yeah, that sounds intriguing. I really like that. I'll have to check those hey. out. All right, let's uh, let's touch on your music career a little bit. Uh, we saw on uh, your uh, website there again, jamesmorris.com, that uh, you not only had a few videos of yourself performing uh, some acoustic numbers, but you also have, uh, it looks like, four albums. I don't know if they were EPs or LPs, all of them, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about your music career and uh, what your music's about? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's two EPs and LPs, by the way. Okay. Um, so I've I've been playing music... Uh, intensely since high school and I've had an incredible ride since then where I've gotten to travel the world on my music I've gone out on the Vans Warped Tour twice just here wow. uh, in the US and it is its last year so uh, best of luck and best wishes to everybody on the tour this year. It's been really incredible kind of seeing my own music develop and having those past records to listen back to because it's a chronology of what I can do as a writer and where I was mentally when I did these records and where I am now. 
and there's just so much attached to it. And this new uh, record I'm working on now, I'm actually self-producing and self-recording. So this is even another step that I'm taking to just try and bring out as much genuine music as I possibly can. And it it's it's amazing. I love doing it. And I love being able to help people with my music. I constantly like to work with groups to help missing uh, kids. I went on this whole tour called the Squeaky Wheel Tour a while ago to try and help that. Wow. And honestly, one of my most memorable moments in music, I was playing this show. And, you know, it's one of those shows where you don't think anyone's paying attention and you're a little bit like, why am I here? But in, <laughs> yeah, in, been there. in the same sense, you're totally in love with what you're doing and you feel like there are people listening and you're communicating with. And so after the show, I was, I was just packing up. I was talking to fans. I was, I was doing my thing. And this guy comes up to me and says, I was debating ending my life. And your music helped me decide not to. Wow. And to this day, I'm still not over that. That's, That's how music has. And I was, I was able to do that to make a genuine difference in someone's life. That's got to make you feel uh, good every day. I would imagine. Yeah. If, if I never get anything else right in my life, I at least got that. We, I think we all, you know, everyone who creates wants to touch somebody You'd in like some way with, yeah. with, with, with their art. And my God, I mean, does, does it get any uh, more impactful than that? No, wow. No. That's about the ceiling as yeah. far as uh, wow. influence goes. That's incredible. Now, you've also yeah. had some of your uh, music and video games. Yes, I have. I, um, I have had it in the Punky Pets game, which is available for free on iPhone and Android as well as doing some voice acting for those characters in uh, their cartoons. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I'm writing music for this game currently in development uh, called Toast Party 4, which is basically to be a breakfast arena shooter where your goal is to make the other team more delicious, so it's like breakfast food, fighting breakfast food. Um, <laughs> and I, I've done a couple indie games and i think the most exciting thing i'm working on right now that i can only say so much about is i'm working on music for this tv show currently in development and from the sounds of it it'll be coming to netflix for you guys within the next few years i can't say much more than that but it's been absolutely incredible and a challenge and a joy writing music for something that I'm so not used to talking about uh, with my music. Well, I am stoked to see that show. Absolutely, I can't, I can't yeah. freaking wait. It's going to it's gonna be awesome. I always love Netflix shows. They're nine times out of ten, they're good. I'm sure they're it'll really consume good, so. a weekend or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, then to hear music of somebody we've had on the show, that'll sure. be even better. So congrats to you, man. Uh, not only on that, but on all your many successes you have here. Uh, is there anything else that uh, I haven't brought up that you'd like to uh, mention to the listeners? Okay, this is... Uh... Because it is a nerdier talk, I feel like I can bring this up pretty easily. 
so I'm a big D and D player myself, oh, and uh, my little brother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nerd, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, my little brother and I, um, I looked at it and said, kind of noticed that, at least for me, there weren't any sci-fi systems where you don't require a degree to understand what's going on. So he and I have been developing this new uh, system. And we're looking to have that in uh, playtesting state by the end of May or end of June at the latest. So you're, so, you're saying like taking D&D and making it into a different like genre, like a more a space genre? Uh, th- there's plenty of stuff like that. This is a whole different um, tabletop dice game ooh, similar ooh. to D&D. That's geared more towards sci-fi and space opera, but still easy and action-packed to play. Oh, I'd be into nice. that. Yeah, I would be into that. <laughs> absolutely. And how far are you along with this, did you say? I'm sorry? Uh, we're going to have it in playtesting state by the end of May at the earliest, end of June at the latest. That is incredible. Well, hey, keep us posted. Yeah, we've been actually talking about, because I, I know that uh, we enjoy tabletop games, mm-hmm. the three of us here, so we've actually been talking about doing videos of them and putting there them on are. our uh, YouTube page. So, you know, if your game comes out and you'd like us to play it, let us know. We'd be... Oh, absolutely. I would love that. All on board to play that. That sounds fun as crap. I was going to say fun as shit, but that sounds... <laughs> why, why not? It's yeah, candy. It's... It sounds fun as shit. There we go. <laughs> Stay true to our roots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I want to tell our thank listeners you, you can follow. Blast. I want you can follow James on Twitter and on Instagram. I believe uh, both handles are it's James Morris. Yes, it is awesome. And of course, jamesmorris.com. Is there anywhere else people should be going to check you out? Between those three things, you found me. Yeah, very nice. And uh, also at Candare, we're going to be having links up to all of uh, James' different projects. Indeed, so we are. be sure to check them out. And uh, once again, James, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandarePodcast.com where you can check out some of our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, click that merch button and buy a toilet rug. <laughs> If you have any comments, complaints, or want to say hi, send us an email on our contact page. And don't forget, you can find us on Twitter, at CannedAirPod, and Instagram, at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we do, head on down to Patreon and show your appreciation with legal tender. Yeah. United States currency. Boy, we'd please. surely <laughs> appreciate it, wouldn't we? And May 12th at 645, the Garden Theater Columbus Podcast Festival yours truly will be doing our first live show down there so admission pays for the whole seat but you only need the edge there it is there it is man that's that's overselling (laughs) one of our tickets i think but if it ready for a mid-level venue (laughs) if it works (laughs) and we're going to be going out on one of james song catch fire you can again head over to jamesmorris.com and uh, buy this and all of his other music there and uh, keep an eye out for future uh, albums at jamesmorris.com so james once again thank you for being with us And until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. (laughs) Oh, was I supposed to do it too? I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I'm James Morris. That long pause is courtesy of me. And I hope they don't cut it because that would make it so much better. (laughs) Well, I got to leave it now. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. I see you burning up.
Instead of writing your name, write cannedairpodcast.com and help spread the word. Well, that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Go to... Whoa. I cut out for a second. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes. I think he rolled the cable, maybe. No. <laughs> I heard it, but yes, go ahead. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.